the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Rob Black, weekday mornings from 10 to noon on Talk 910 KNEW. You, your money, your life, your dreams. The answers are here. This is Rob Black. It's Rob Black Show. Is it only Tuesday? No, no, it's Wednesday. Sweet. Week's flying by. Got a short week next week. Looking forward to that. That's right. I'm not working on Monday. It's kind of funny. I came in yesterday and I said, Heidi, I got a great idea for a show. And it's going to be called The Worst of Black. Or maybe we can call it Blackouts. And it'll be the worst interviews I've done in my six months of being here. I think it's a funny idea. My boss won't like it because he's the typical program director who's like, never point out your flaws, never do anything negative. But I think it would be a funny idea. Blackouts or the worst of show. Let's talk about Wall Street. First hour, I talk about money, investing, stocks, international politics. I tried to do it in a Generation X style, i.e. honest and in your face. Um, Second hour, I kind of stretch my legs. Like Second hour, I may talk about what businesses not to get into. Things along those lines. Most overrated businesses. So stocks are zigzagging. Stocks are zigzagging today. Some of the top stories right out of the gate, productivity up 6.6% in the second quarter. That's the most in six years. I'm going to tell you what that means in a little bit of time. Finance jobs hint at recovery in Asia. Sony sells PCs with Google Web Browser installed. So Google's Web Browser getting a little bit of traction. No, it's not Mozilla. Google's got a web browser called Chrome. And Sony laptops and Sony desktops are going to start to be built with the Chrome Operating, not the operating system, but the Chrome web browser built in. That's kind of one of those interesting stories. Not wildly interesting, but interesting nonetheless. September swoon. That's today's market commentary start. Month of September got off to an inauspicious start with the S&P 500 declining 2.2% yesterday. That's the definition of inauspicious. It was a move that few people saw coming. Very few people saw coming, but it wasn't a surprise to the financial community, and it wasn't a surprise to you. There was a muted response to a better-than-expected ISM index, and that triggered some concerted selling interest. My thinking is that the muted response would be another reminder that the rally effort had hit an exhaustion point. It was tougher to make new highs. It was a situation where we'd only come in the last half of the day and, and push the market back to break even or slightly higher. So some profit-taking in order. Now, some market watchers are going to hasten to point out that the selling was the byproduct of rumors in the market that a negative development in the banking sector was about to be announced and not due to the weak response to the encouraging ISM manufacturing number. Some heavy buying of Wells Fargo put options that had put basically the particular bank in the swirl of the rumor mill. Wells Fargo announced shortly before the close that it intended to repay its TARP funds without raising equity. And that's good news from Wells Fargo. There's the alternative of paying tarp money back with a dilutive equity share price. You don't want them to raise capital by issuing shares and paying back the government that way. They're going to do it out of cash. I like that. 
So yesterday there was a big story about, a big rumor about Wells Fargo and they've got commercial loans and that's the next shoe to fall. There's some truth to that, but I wouldn't peg it just to Wells Fargo. Peculiar thing that the market closed lower than the level it was trading at when Wells Fargo news hit the wire. So it kind of snowballed. What this suggests to me is that it's a disappointing response. The ISM number was the bigger driver of Tuesday's September swoon. Now, you got to be careful right now about making too much out of a single day of trading. I do it every single day. I tell you, here's what's happening and why. I wish that I could only do the show every three months, but then I would be unemployed. I don't want you paying attention to the stock market each and every day. But if you do, I want you to at least understand what the heck's happening and why. So selling was broad-based yesterday, and it was relatively heavy. Traders have started to come back from vacation. I know it's a little early because they're coming back from for school. School is starting earlier this year, starting pre-Labor Day. So some traders are starting to get back, and there's some volume. One needs to be very careful about making too much out of that single day, though. Again, so don't get too caught up in it. Today, what are we looking at? The ADP employment change. It basically, report came out and it put a damper on rebounds. It revealed that an estimated 298,000 jobs were cut from private payrolls in the month of August. That's a lot of people. I heard a funny line. I heard a funny line about a new diet that some guy was on. He calls it three kids and no job diet. It's <laughs> a pretty good line. How are you losing weight? Well, I got three kids and no job. Well, okay. Now, maybe it's not that funny. It's funny nonetheless. So, okay, so the, the, the ADP number comes out, and it's a private number. Now, Friday, we're going to get a report that gives us unemployment numbers in the United States. So the ADP number is okay. It's not glorious. Um, it's bad news. It's not disastrous is what I meant to say. So in July, our ADP report showed that we lost 360,000 jobs. So for August, we only lost 298,000. A little bit better. Again, that's the spin that media puts on it. It's still a bad number. The ADP number it raises some concerns that the Friday's non-farm payrolls report is overly optimistic. Given the size of the labor pool, there isn't really statistical difference between 298,000 and 225,000. So the 9.4% versus 9.5% unemployment, it's just it's ancillary. That, that difference of about 35,000 jobs um, being missed in the report, it's not going to you know, shock people. Let's talk a little bit about this productivity number. It showed an upward increase of 6.6%. That's an amazing productivity number. Labor costs were revised down 5.9%, down 5.9%. Now, the productivity gain is impressive, and the drop in the unit labor cost is a cogent reminder right now that inflation is going to be held in check for some time, and the Federal Reserve doesn't have to raise interest rates. Now, this is the prevailing message that we're hearing that businesses are able to get more from less. They fired people, and they're getting more out of it. Now, this is a typical approach in an economic downturn. It's a little worrisome, though, for hiring activity in the face of lower in demand. Our economy is not chugging. Companies are getting away with increasing productivity by keeping fewer employees there, but it's it's because demand's not there. So it's an interesting stock market, don't you think? I think so. So um, one last thing um, on this productivity number, I can get a little bit more out of it for you. Again, it's all in how you read it, so to speak. Um, Output and labor hours declined in the second quarter. So again, we're just not producing much. We're not making people stay at work longer. 
Labor dropped at a 7.6% rate compared to output of down 1.5%. Consumers are not only having to adjust to fewer hours of work, but real hourly compensation also down 1%. Consumers are going to continue to face the shrinking incomes, lower potential consumption expenditures in the future. On the plus side, farms were able to take advantage of the consumer distress as unit labor costs declined about 6%. If the drop in cost turns into higher profits, it's possible that firms will start to hire sooner rather than later. Oil's a little bit lower today. Um, some EIA uh, petroleum data came out. Crude inventories fell by 400,000 barrels in the week ended August 28th. So analysts expected a decline of about 1.9 million barrels, so we're just not consuming a lot of oil. So the, the drop in the replacement is in large part lack of consumption there. Transocean. Oh, this is an interesting story. It's you're going to say I'm not going to fall. You're not going to fall out of your chair. Interesting. I almost did though. Transocean today talked about British Petroleum and how they've leased the company's semi-submersible rig called Deepwater Horizon. British Petroleum has leased Transoceans. Ultimately, what they found was in the Deepwater Gulf of Mexico, they've drilled a well, and it appears to be the deepest ever in the Gulf. It's passing a total of 34,189 feet deep. That's one of the reasons you like companies like Transocean is because that rig is able to, to get almost 35,000 feet under the ground to get oil under, underneath water. I can't swim 10 feet underwater without my ears popping. So, and they can send a drill 35,000 feet beneath the ocean. That's pretty darn cool. So BP's coming out and saying, okay, with this deep water rig, what we have found, it's 250 miles southeast of Houston. They've drilled about 35,000 feet, making it one of the deepest wells ever drilled by the oil and gas industry. They say that it's a giant oil discovery. It's their largest oil discovery ever. And a little bit of appraisal is going to be required to determine the size and commerciality of the discovery, i.e. how high quality or low quality is the crude in the ground, but it's huge. That's kind of one of those interesting stories let's take a little bit of a break here but when we come back we'll have cfp chad burton joining me on the air we'll be chit-chatting about financial planning issues it's rob black show you can get your calls on the show don't be shy it's 800-345-5639 that's 800-345-5639 it's the rob black show i'm rob black Black is watching your wallet live and local. Call 1-800-345-KNEW. It's Talk 910-KNEW. Tell friends about it. It's a pretty good lineup. You get Armstrong and Getty in the morning. Some jocularity will ensue when they talk about the daily news. Later in the afternoon when I'm done with my two-hour stint, you get Glenn Beck. And, uh, well, he's Glenn Beck. He's outspoken and he's got an opinion. In the late, late afternoon, you get Dr. Savage. So I remember um, growing up reading, what, what, oh, it was Doc Savage books. Do you remember Doc Savage books, Chad Burton? Doc Savage books, no. Yeah, I Google don't. it during the commercial break. And uh, it was this incredibly bright guy who had a band of uh, bandoliers, I suppose. 
And they went around and you know broke up terrorist rings and things like that. And it was early seventies, I'd like to say, mid seventies. The book series came out. Might be a good movie one day. There you go. So there I go. So as I'm want to do, there I go. <laughs> Who is Chad Burton? That's a good question. Who am I? Yeah. Can you pick up the energy? I I I've got an amp right here because I'm out of Red Bull. So go. I've I've got energy. Waiting for something to talk about. Let's do, let's do who this. Who is Chad Burton? See, every time I start saying who I am, you cut me off and say it's too long. So what I'm not going to cut you off. All who right. is Chad Burton? Certified financial planner, run a financial planning wealth management firm. Is that good enough? Can you give me a little bit more? Um, America wants with America Rob Black for ten years and do radio with Rob Black and um, take be- financial phone calls. You almost beat me up recently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. It's actually pretty interesting, right? You almost beat me up. You got... No. So, with that being said, we can disagree, and I think that's actually a pretty good thing about our friendship. Yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> didn't think I was going to bring <laughs> that up, did you? No, I didn't. So, worker productivity comes out this morning. Yeah. Single biggest factor determining living standards. And that number was a glorious number, but I think it's a misleading number in large part due to the in-demand's not really the same in-demand that we were at three years ago. When, it's a glorious number when the time is right. If productivity is going up when the economy is growing, that just means we're working smarter. But when productivity is going up when the economy has, you know, is moving sideways and has already shrinked a bit and people are already are still losing their jobs, it means people just tend to be working harder just to keep the jobs that they still have. Um, it, it's... It's not a number. It's it's basically a number that says, okay, we've got a lot of capacity left at plants right now. So anybody that manufactures anything, they could ramp up by about 20, 25% before they'd have to say, oh, I need more space. I need to hire more people. And people are working harder and having more productivity for the jobs that they have. So there's a lot of growth that we can have before there'd be a lot of new jobs and a lot of wage inflation. So it just kind of proves that... Um, you know, a couple more quarters of this, we'll we'll definitely be saying, "Yep, we've got a slow growth economy ahead for the next, you know, three to five years." Okay, now I got an email or two, and people can feel free to either call the show at eight hundred three four five K N E W. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine, or they can email Rob at robblack dot com. Rob at robblack dot com. The live blog's kind of blown up right now. That technology, I don't get it, Chad. Sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't work. Um, I don't get cell phones. How do we pay so much for a cell phone and still have crappy quality? And we go, what? What did you say? What? <laughs> Especially with headsets now. We're in the 21st century, and it, I think they're getting worse. Okay. It, yeah. Go ahead. Say, what, give me some insight. Some insight on what? The productivity? Nah, labor nah, costs? Some of the nah, other stuff? No. Nah. Your cell phones. <laughs> cell phones is what I was going after. Uh, not much there. Just, uh, yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing when I paid my bill yesterday. Okay, person's 58 years old. Mm -hmm. Email comes in from Daniel. Retired. Retired at 58. Interesting. They have a net monthly income pension of $6,800 a month. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. I have no outstanding debt. My home is due to refinance. It has been appraised at $375,000. I currently owe $240,000. I've got $50,000 in savings. Should I buy down the mortgage to $200,000, leaving me with $10,000 in savings? Or refi at two hundred forty thousand, still keeping my fifty thousand dollars in emergency money. If I do refi at two hundred thousand, my payment would only drop by about two hundred dollars. Mm. Bit confused. Well, here's the deal: 
to have a good financial plan means you need to have a lot of flexibility in your financial plan. And when you've used up all of your stash of cash to do something, you don't have a lot of flexibility because now all they have is a pension. Um, so in a, in a situation like that, to, to get rid of all their stash cash, I mean, what if they need to put a new roof on the house, fix a car or whatever, where are they going to get the money from? They could end up in a cash strap situation. So if a pension is all they what have, happens if the roof, the roof, the roof is on fire, then you got to get the water and put the, no, I can't say that part. Well, no, you should have emergency <laughs> money in case the roof catches on fire. I only know the X-rated version of that song. So really there's an X-rated <laughs> version. Intriguing. Yeah, we don't need the water. Let the mother, the mother, of her. the yeah. mother of, yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I once was on vacation and I went to Aruba, Chad. And uh, I think I actually got you a big towel with a naked lady on it when I went to Aruba. <laughs> <laughs> you you must have kept that one though. <laughs> it's in my closet. It's uh, in my bathroom. Yeah. Um, I like buying people awful gaudy things on vacation. Anyway, uh, where do I go with this? I went to Aruba, and Aruba is just the worst island to ever go to. It looks great on the outside, but it's boring. There's nothing there. It's like a desert. It's like visiting a a desert Mexican town that's got some okay beaches. Not great beaches, okay beaches. So (laughs) they sell it. (laughs) And and by the way, if Aruba wants to become a tourist uh, spot advertiser on the show, I will change my opinion of it. (laughs) And become an ambassador. (laughs) I love Aruba. It's the greatest place on, ooh, you can go to a lighthouse. It's fantastic, a lighthouse. Um, (laughs) So anyway, by the time I was there for seven days, I I was bored out of my mind. And I heard this great party on a boat every night. It It was driving by, a great party on a boat i find out about the boat it's a called the party boat and it was the lamest time i've ever had because um they would have these aruban men djs and and they'd try to get you out on the dance floor and one of the songs they played was the roof the roof is on fire so there you go there's my had to throw macarena in there i'm sure i'm sure macarena was in there yeah the the booze was watered down it was awful yeah yeah i went on a booze cruise on my honeymoon we had a blast that's very classy of you yeah it was a good time. We had a good time. A booze cruise on my honeymoon. It was in Cancun. You get trashed so. every night. You vomit. We went to uh, the island of the woman, Isla Mujeres or something. I don't know. I don't speak Spanish, but it was it was fun. I recommend it Where's if you're going to Cancun. Oh, I know where that is. Yeah. Yeah, there's only one resort on that island. There we go. There's our theme for the okay. show. Do you have a good vacation story? An awful vacation story? Awful vacation story. Awful vacations for me are the ones that you describe where you just sit around and do nothing. I could do that for about a day and a half, maybe. And then after that, I go absolutely nuts. I have to have waves to surf on or something to jump off of. I don't know. I just, I, I'm, a vacation to me is a lot of action. Okay, we got, we got to get back to this, this email because I totally forgot we had an email. 58 <laughs> oh, yeah. years old, $6,800 pension. Uh-huh. The roof is on fire, uh, $50,000 <laughs> in savings. Should he get a cheaper mortgage? It's $200 a month cheaper. To him, it doesn't sound like a big deal. $6,800 monthly pension. That's a pretty good retirement plan right there. It is, but again, there's no flexibility. So, and I, it doesn't, you know, he's not even talking about the interest rate or how to calculate the break even. Um, on you know how long is it is it a five year break even to to do this loan between the closing costs and everything else? Um, and is there anything else besides the pension and the fifty thousand savings? If that's it, I would not do the refinance where I buy the loan down. It just it just takes too much of your emergency reserves. That's bad planning. Got another email here and says, I thought you could provide the truth about Susie Orman's recommendation from a couple years ago to establish a regular IRA. If you don't meet the threshold for deductions, hold on a second. If you don't meet the threshold for deduction contributions, then in 2010, we could convert it to a Roth IRA, paying only the tax on the gain. 
then tax-free growth and withdrawals from then on. Mm-hmm. Does that sound about right? Susie Orman actually gave that advice? Yeah. Wow. Um, and then he goes, the other day I heard that we also have to convert all other IRAs that we have at the same time. That sounds bogus. No, that's wrong. So yeah, it, it is a good idea. If you're a person that you make too much to fund a Roth IRA, which means you obviously make too much to have a deductible IRA, then uh, you make non-deductible contributions to a new IRA. So set up a new IRA account, make non-deductible contributions to it. Um, you, when you do that, you have to file a form 8606 that shows you made a non-deductible contribution. And in 2010, you can convert that into a Roth IRA. And since most of the money that's in there is going to be already taxed money, there's not going to be much of a tax bill. And if there is, you have two years to come up with the money to pay the taxes. Um, you don't have to pay the taxes in 2010. You can do it over the next two years. Um, the catch is, is that if you already have large IRAs, mm-hmm. you have to convert a portion of it. So let's say you have a non-deductible IRA that's 20 grand and a regular IRA rollover account that you had from an old employer, that 401k that you put into an IRA that's 180 grand, that's $200,000 total. And if the the non-deductible contrib- uh, account is basically, you know, 10% of the total, you got to do 10% of, of the other account. So it's a, it's a kind of a formula. It's a little bit confusing. We're actually about to, um, my company, new focus financial is going to do a, um, e-newsletter that people sign up for. We're going to actually email one out towards the end of the week that talks about this. So if anybody wants to get on that list that talks about non-deductible IRAs and converting to a Roth, they can shoot me an email at chadburton.com. Okay. Chad at chadburton.com. Chad at chadburton.com. Thank you. Yes. Now, there's a story out today, FDIC's Bear, mm-hmm. Sheila Bear. She says she's the chairman of the FDIC. She said commercial real estate issues will increasingly drive U.S. bank failures. Uh, she told that to CNBC last night that commercial real estate loans remain a looming problem for banks' balance sheets, and she expects the area to increasingly be a driver for bank failures during the remainder of this year in 2010. We've had a couple analysts come out and say where it's about 75 closures. We'll hit 300 before it's all said and done. She'd say, said, we'd like to try to avoid that. Um, she defended the lost share agreements that the FDIC had extended to acquirers of failed banks and that arrangements have saved the agency billions of dollars over the past two years. What do you think about the looming problem of commercial real estate? Because I'm hearing it, it's it's in the back of the news. It's not frontline news. It's back of the newspaper news. Well, I've seen it, you know, in the form of REITs, basically REITs, real estate investment trusts that are commercial properties. You know, basically a publicly traded company goes out and buys properties and leases them out, rents them out, and has to pay the dividend to you. Instead of paying the full dividend, a lot of REITs were um, basically giving out shares instead of cash, which was kind of forcing investors to be the people that were lending them the money. Um, and so, and then with, with the inability for a lot of these commercial properties to refinance, uh, we pulled way out of REITs and kind of didn't get to ride that, this last wave back up. So this, this has been out there for a while, but REITs actually rallied right along the rest with the rest of the market. And it's kind of surprising to me that they did. Um, so now would be probably a good time as this news is coming out to, start picking up some more REITs, especially on the international side. Um, but remember, we got a trillion dollars worth of mortgages that are going to reset, and we we have this commercial real estate loan issue that's still out there. So banks probably won't be growing like they did in the next five years, like they did in the last decade. Sounds good. Let's take a little bit of a break here. I see that we got a caller online. We'll come to him in the next break if he's still there. It's the Rob Black Show. It's You're listening to Chad Burton as well, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online, chadburton.com. Ta- 
Speaking with Rob, it's chadburton.com. It's chadburton.com. Talk 910 Kenny W. 800 345 5639. 800 345 Rob Black on Talk 910 KNEW. So one of the big stories out there today is that Diane Sawyer is going to replace Charlie Gibson as ABC News anchor. So two out of the three big networks are going to have chicks reading the news to us. Chad, I don't like it. I want to go back to the 50s and 60s where men gave us the news. Manly men gave us the news. They would smoke on air, Chad. That was, we need that back. We need to drink whiskey too. No, no, they'd actually smoke cigarettes on air. You'd see Cronkite all the time with a with a smoke. That's right. The smoke kind of going up in the background there. Yeah, yeah. I missed that. Didn't Ron Burgundy do that on the show? Ron Burgundy, (laughs) because that was real news, right? Well, that's my point. So women don't belong in the news news uh, chair. No comment. I'll let you get yourself in trouble. <laughs> oh, bitter. Try to make a controversy and I can't even do it. Don't pull me in. Um, Pfizer today is getting fined $2.3 billion because they would send phony doctor requests for medical information in order to send unsolicited information to doctors about unapproved uses and dosages. The company also whined and dined doctors and sent them on exotic trips to induce them to prescribe drugs. That is such a common problem, Chad, that... It's frustrating because it's not just doctors, it's stockbrokers and mutual funds. Well, that, those days are over, um, all but over. I mean, it, it, gosh, in, when I first started in the business, I could take my wife and family on a trip to Hawaii if I wanted to with loaded fund companies. By the end, before even starting my fee-based practice, it was starting to pretty much wrap up, Rob, where they were saying there's no more soft dollar stuff like that anymore. In fact... If we're going to have a conference in Hawaii and you want to bring your spouse, you've got to pay for it. Um, and a certain amount will be taxable even if, if we pay for dinners and stuff like that. So wait, wait, it, started, it, started to, going, it started to tighten up. Are we going to Hawaii? I wish. I mean, you can invite me to Kauai. I'd love to go. I need to go back to Kauai soon. I'm a good guest if anyone wants to invite me on a vacation. I'm perfect. I, I, I have good table manners. I'm a good conversationalist. Maybe. I look good with oil on my body. <laughs> We'll take that last part out. So anyway, I once went to a dinner sponsored by Merck, Chad. Mm-hmm. It was the best dinner I've ever had in my life. And while they were, um, they wanted me to be the entertainment because they wanted the radio monkey guy to talk to the doctors and talk about the economy and things like that. Yeah. And um, while they were there, they, they talked about Vioxx, which ultimately was pulled from the market. M- hundreds and hundreds of Americans died because of uh, increased their, their their chance for heart attack. And it was COX-2 inhibitor. And it was the best dinner I've ever had, best wine I've ever had in my life. And it just shows you that influence can be bought. Did most of the doctors just get trashed there? No, no, no. They were actually pretty well behaved. I got trashed. So <laughs> it's like a seven-course meal, a glass of wine with each course. Pretty sweet. Oh, nice. Pretty sweet. Let's go to Chris in San Francisco. Chris, San Francisco. What's up? 
Hey, Rob, how you doing? Big oh, fan. And a uh, big fan of Chad's as well. How can you be a big fan of Chad? He's a financial weenie. He's one of your <laughs> one of your best guests. <laughs> okay. I love it when your listeners stick up for me. Can we, can we dump that, up. Heidi? Oh, oh, I had another comment for you, Chad, while I'm on the air. Um, my wife thinks you're a reminder of Jeff Lewis on Flipping Out. Jeff Lewis on Flipping Out. <laughs> That's a vague one. I have to look that up. I don't know what that is. Anyway, uh, is that the reason I'm calling is... Um, my wife has a dilemma. She's got two job offers, which is great, <clears throat> given this economy. And um, trying to make a decision on which company would be a better employer. Wait, wait hold on. We're, we're both Googling Jeff Lewis on hey, flipping no, yeah, out. Typing. <laughs> so who, what's this flipping out in Jeff Lewis? Hit, oh, hit images uh, on her Google a, chat. It's a remodeling show on uh, uh, one of those. The guy's all neck. Chad doesn't have a neck. <laughs> <laughs> no, your demeanor reminds her. Okay, uh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> demeanor. How can we Google that? <laughs> well, you got to watch the show. I guess it's a pretty entertaining show. Is it? It's on Bravo. You you watch a lot of those Bravo shows? Uh, I don't, but uh, they're on our DVR all the time. So, what's your question? So, the question is: um, My wife has two job offers that are pretty comparable in terms of pay and benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's for two different well-established companies, and we're just trying to make a decision on which one she should accept. So they both have the same pay, same 401k match? Pretty pretty similar. I mean, there's some slight variation, but they're they're really close. What are they offering as far as uh, kind of the intangibles like restricted stock options, um, you know, incentive stock options, things like that? What's uh, I believe they both have employee stock purchase plans. Uh-huh. Um, one company is willing to give uh, give some shares as a signing bonus. Like restricted shares that vest over a period of time? Correct. Okay, and the other company's not willing to do that? No. Can you tell us what the two companies are? Yeah, I just didn't know if you want me to say on the air. It's, it's Schwab and Yahoo. Gotcha, okay. And so is she looking for kind of more of the longer term, more quicker growth, fast-paced type of job, or more of an established company? Well, that, that's the problem, is we're, we're trying to uh, figure out which one would have more longevity and which one's going to be more stable and have more room for growth in the future. I would uh, chime in. I'd say Schwab's a little bit more stable, because yeah. Yahoo always, is, could they be acquired by Microsoft or not? Mm-hmm. There's always some you know swarming going on and restructuring going on there. Schwab's rock solid, and I've heard good things about working for both companies. Yeah, she has worked for Yahoo before, and she really likes it. Um, and they've guaranteed her that her uh, sales group would be on board for five years with the new Microsoft agreement. Um, but for some reason, I just seem to think Schwab's a little more prestigious, but uh, I just wanted to get your opinions. It seems like Schwab's already gone through some of the turmoil. I mean, they, they went through a period of time where... You know, they. It seemed like they just couldn't decide. Remember, Rob, where they wanted to be retail? Did they want to be institutional? Did they want to try to take you know business from people like me that would use them as a custodian? Um, and scared some advisors off from even using them as a custodian. And now it, it seems like they're getting a bit better. Um, whereas Yahoo, yeah, I mean, but Yahoo with a five-year guarantee that would be something that I I could consider too. I mean, I, I would really look at the culture and some of the people that you know that work at both of those places to feel where she's going to be more comfortable culture-wise. Yeah, she, we're working on that. I just was wondering if you guys had any financial insight that would 
put one company ahead of the other. And which one's going to give uh, the the options? Yahoo. Hmm. Gotcha. So with that, Rob said at a five-year guarantee, Rob, which one would you do, Yahoo or, or Schwab? Schwab for safety. Yeah, for the stability. Yep. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, I'd almost have to agree, but I've, I'm, I'm in that business, and I like the financial side versus kind of the web side. So. Schwab's not going away. Yahoo no. could. Yahoo could very well go away. Yeah, that's my feeling as well. So this uh, is kind of interesting. Thanks for the call. He just right. brought up Yahoo, Chad. Mm-hmm. Do you remember in the good old days back in the 19, like 98, 97, um, Yahoo had a, a, a feature called Finance Vision, and uh, they had a, a, a host on it called Caleb Goddard. Caleb Goddard, good-looking man. What, does, do we know him? That sounds familiar. I, I know him, um, or I used to work with him. He was, but again, you know, it was one of those Yahoo projects that was just destined to fail. Hmm. It was incredibly well financed, and there was no advertising for it. <laughs> um, and they had this incredibly good-looking host, and he'd bring on people like me, either from Washington D.C. or when I was out in San Francisco, he'd put me in in remote studios. And Yahoo was a fun place in the in the late '90s. Chad, it was a fun place. Those days when things were financed before no advertisers. That's those were the good old days, right? The old revenue days. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls on the air. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls on the air. We had another call, but Heidi, she's kind of feeling East German today. She kind of screened him out. She muscled him out. She didn't. She didn't want to put him on. And he was talking about international debt. Chad, mm-hmm. um, are you freaked out by the United States debt levels? versus other countries' debt levels. As a percentage of GDP, which is basically if you take how much debt we have versus the size of our output of our economy, no, at the rate that it's growing, yes. Um, so I, I think it's a long, longer-term problem, a decade or two out. It's Inflation-wise, it could be you know 18 to 24 months out. The, the fact is, though, is that China could not... Uh, that's the one that everybody's worried about. The sleeping dragon, right? China cannot afford to have our currency collapse because we buy so much from them and we're such a huge part of their economy. So I think it. it some people tend to get it into a little bit of uh, conspiracy theory mode, you know, when they think of it as, oh, they're, they're going to take over the economy, collapse our dollar, and take us over. I don't think it goes that far. Okay. So, good stuff. No, thanks. Yeah, not a problem. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. We weave it in and out of all sorts of content. Caleb Goddard from Yahoo Finance Vision. Whoa. Take a break here. We'll come back and we'll talk Chad Burton content. Uh, let's see what he sent me out today. Uh, choosing the right 529 plan, rental property, refinance, and estate planning. So we'll hit some of those con- that content when we come right off break. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Rob Black is watching your wallet live and local. Call 1-800-345-KNEW. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. I got an email from someone with the last name N-I-G-R-O. N-I-G-R-O. If that were your last name, Chad, would you change it? You know, I'd consider it. I would, too. Nigro? I would strongly... I would at least take it off the email if I sent it to Rob Black. I've gotten a lot of flack with my last name, Black, in my life, as well you can imagine. Um, 
Anyway. It's because there's a porn star, Rob Black, and an angry rapper named Black Rob, right? That's the, well, that's part of it. And uh, I stole the guy, uh, the Rob Black uh, porn, not porn star, porn producer. And uh, he was an evil porn producer. But I stole his website. One day, every day I would check it. One day it was up for sale. And I took it. Checked it for like two years in a row. To How much did you it. pay? Whatever did it was for network. It? No, it was like 19 bucks for network solutions. No, so he didn't have to bid on, a, on the actual. Oh, no, no. I didn't version. have to bid on my own name. So Very nice. Go to Marco in Richmond. Marco. Yes, hello, Rob. Go ahead. Uh, thank you. Listen, uh, 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 other than the uh, dollar and the euro, what other currency do you guys look to see if it's a, a little stable or has some possible growth? I was looking at the Scudo um, as a possible you know, short-term uh, investment, let's say a six-month kind of thing. Marco, you're worth $2 million, right? No, not quite. I'm a little short on that. You're worth a million dollars? Uh, a couple hundred thousand. Why are you buying currencies? Um, fun speculation. Okay. I've made some money before. Okay, okay, that's fine. That's fine. It's just it's a tough way to make a buck. Literally, it's it's brutally tough. Um, the cost in buying foreign exchange is is prohibitive, and you don't need to. So you're you're buying the the escudos, right? Yes. So I call them excuses myself <laughs> um, because you get like a hundred. You get you can get like a million escudos. Um, and you can change it for a peso. It's like one million escudos equals a peso. It's it's not a good exchange rate. Um, Chad, do you want to talk about currencies, or should we just drop it? Where, where, where are you on this? I find a you know for most people, I think it would just be find a managed futures fund that goes long or short commodities and currencies. Um, if you want that alternative non correlated piece in your portfolio, um, and you know some of the stuff that, that they're going to go long when the dollar's falling is things like the Swiss franc if if there seems to be turmoil in the world, or if it's you know commodity prices are increasing um, while the dollar is falling, you'd be looking at the Canadian dollar or the Australian dollar. Um, is that, that that's about as far as yes. we go to on currency trading? Uh, can I also ask you one more thing? If you had the chance to buy like Iraqi stocks. Uh, particularly investment in in the in the banking stocks in Iraq. Would you do that? And I'll take my answer off the air. Chad, Chad, Chad. Let let, let this guy go. Yeah, I would have to say no. <laughs> what sort of monkey is he? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> he, he's getting an email from someone buying the the Portuguese escudo. Who wants to buy the Portuguese currency? I mean, that's a vague one at best. And then buying banks in Iraq. That's yeah. I've you know I had that question a lot back in the day. You know, yeah, yeah back when right we after them. yeah, yeah. And I don't know, you know, what it's coming from again now, but yeah. it does sound like an email that's going around or something else. He's a monkey. He's one of those Darwinian chimps. So. <laughs> well, it's know, good that I mean, we ha- Chad. It's good that we have him. I'm going to be quite honest with you. It's good that there's people out there like him because that means my money will be worth more. Well, there's always got to be buyers when there's sellers, right? <laughs> there's because always got to be losers, Chad. There's, <laughs> you're, you're saying it in the nice way. For every winner, there's a loser, and he's going to uh, end up on the losing side of that monkey fence. Attention callers, Rob, will have fun at your expense. I'm teaching a valuable lesson. <laughs> if he wants to go to a nice dinner with me, I'll gladly treat him in a refined way. But <laughs> for me to say, if you get an email buying the Scudos, you're a monkey. I'm saving someone money there. Okay. I'm using I, it as I agree with you. It's tough love, but it's love nonetheless, Chad. It is. I but, mean, it's. <laughs> I, 
is he really worth that much? It's not because of that type of trading. I and, think he's. I think he does not enjoy Vegas, so he's looking for something else. And I asked him if it was worth two million because yeah, once you're worth a couple million, you can get into alternative assets like currencies. But I tend not to recommend for most people. Right, and in currencies it's, I and mean, commodities, it's going to be by way of what's called a managed futures fund or a managed futures account, where there's a manager that's actually dealing with it. Um, if you want to get real you know, aggressive, follow somebody like uh, Bill Gross from PIMCO. They're going to be launching a, a fund where they go into levered investments into what the government is backing. And that's that's been in the news and all over Bloomberg in the last 24 hours on uh, what he's going to do. That's going to be an alternative piece for a larger portfolio. They were just showing something almost pornographic on NBC, Chad. It will be. Two or three years, NBC probably will be porn. Kathy Lee Gifford, uh, they're doing some sort of... Uh yoga show right now and this woman had her legs locked in belts it's crazy i still have problems co- i still have problems concentrating i'm sorry <laughs> choosing the right 529 plan um yeah, yeah and for the yeah. record my my radio station's so cheap we don't even get cnbc anymore we just get abc abc cbs do you get do you, do you cancel the extended package on the <laughs> cancel the extended package ain't that messed up i can't watch, I can watch i can watch emerald no of course not too high on the dial Okay. So we go up to about 38. I got Emerald. Bam. I got ESPN, uh, Rumble, Stumble, Bumble. And I got Kathy Lee Gifford with belts around her legs. So anyway. Um, I'll take the Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy Lee Gifford's a little on the, how shall we say, cougar side. I'm going with Panther on that one. That's a little. Panther? A little bit yeah. older than cougar? Yep. Okay. Um, choosing the right 529 plan. Good idea, bad idea to, to fund your kids' college's education through a 529 plan. It's it's a good idea as long as you've taken kind of the following steps. You've got your you know six months cash emergency reserves. You're maxing out your 401k and Roth options, and you've got another you know six to twelve months saved up in mutual funds outside of your retirement account. So you've got that kind of liquidity if you need it. And if you still have excess income, then yeah, by all means, save your kids college. Five twenty nine plans are about the best way to do it if the kid's younger. Um, and you know, typically you want to get the cheaper plans. You can go to, uh, savingforcollege.com and find some of the cheaper plans just to give you some of the States. It's Nevada, Utah, Alaska, um, pretty cheap, well-run plans. California's plan through Fidelity actually got a bit better once they introduced the low cost index fund options inside the 529 plan. But Rob, you know what? One of the biggest problems that I'm seeing with these 529 plans is that when they get into the age-based portfolio, it's kind of too aggressive. So um, when you pick an age-based portfolio, it says, okay, the, the kid's, you know, five years old. So let's invest mostly in stocks. And then by the time the kid's in, you know, 18, it's mostly in cash. It automatically gets more conservative as the kid gets closer and closer to college. But a lot of these 529 plans got cream because they were almost too aggressive. Um, so there's a trick to using those options um, that Brad, one of my CFPs, uh, found if you want to hear it. We've got 40 seconds. Can you do it? Yeah, start it in. You go to the age-based option. As soon as you set up the account and turn in the paperwork, you call up the the uh, place and you say, hey, the whatever 529 plan you use, hey, I want to go one more age conservative. So you have to sign the paperwork at that kid's age, and then you can call and make one change. Sounds good. It's Certified Financial Planner Chad Burton. You can find him at chadburton.com, chadburton.com. If you're a person of means, he can help you. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on this show. You can find Chad Burton at chadburton.com. Rob Black, weekday mornings from 10 to noon on Talk 910 KNEW. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.